Zesty provides an autonomous cloud experience by leveraging advanced AI technology to manage the cloud for you. Their AI reacts in real time to capacity changes and enables companies to maximize cloud efficiency and reduce their AWS bill by more than 50% completely hands-free. Cloud on autopilot. With Zesty, companies can spend less and do more. Check them out at zesty.co. Welcome to Day 2 Cloud. Today, we're going to be talking about moving into management and how that's not always the easiest transition. Our guest today, Shelly Benhoff, has lived it for real, and she's also written some courses about it. She's a fellow Pluralsight author, and she also has her own company, Hoff's Tech. So she's going to be leading us through sort of what are the good things that you should develop as a manager and maybe some pitfalls you might run into as you climb the management ladder. What uh, what jumped out to you, Ethan? There was a theme for me, Ned, in this episode, which is developing emotional intelligence. In other words, those of us that are really good with the technology and we can talk to the APIs and make the things happen and fix it when it's broken and all that kind of suck when it talks when it comes to talking to humans. We're not that great at it and we lack empathy a lot of times. And Shelley was really great at explaining how to develop that skill set, that emotional intelligence skill set. And I really appreciated that about her. I just want to know why humans don't have an API. Come on. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> well, enjoy this conversation with author and speaker Shelly Benhoff. Shelly, welcome to Date 2 Cloud. And hey, let's start with you. Hello, fellow human. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your career journey especially as is germane to the topic, your experience with managers or being a manager. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. I have been in tech for over 20 years and I started out as a developer. And like many, many developers who interact with humans kind of naturally, I was <laughs> tapped for leadership and like management and stuff like that pretty early on. This is mm -hmm. the first time I really managed a sort of project slash team. I was in my mid twenties and it did not go well. <laughs> you know? well so should I actually qualify that statement? Were you being sarcastic when you said you were, you know, good as a developer at being able to communicate with humans or you actually struggled with that? Oh, of course. Like everybody struggles with that. Yeah. Or you know, like it's a normal like personality that devs have where we like to code, you know, alone, like, you know, <laughs> right. get some work done. But talking to people, holding meetings and training, actually, I started training people on my own programs that I wrote, like, you know, in the early days of tech, we didn't have separate jobs, like like a developer was, mm -hmm. you know, front end, back end, DBA, <laughs> you just right. had to do everything. So training, like I, I was petrified. I did not want to do this. And I had to teach this program I wrote and I, I just did it. Like I outlined it and I performed it and I got really, really good reviews. And that was the first time I thought, you know what? I like this. I like mm -hmm. teaching people. I like helping people to not struggle. So that led into more leadership type stuff. And the first time I failed spectacularly, the second time I struggled through it but I was able to be successful on a couple fronts. But at the same time, when you're moving from a technical position where you do the things <laughs> that people plan for and stuff to management and leadership where you're in charge of decisions and you have to hire and fire people and all of that kind of stuff, I do not like firing people. That's like <laughs> my number one I will give someone a chance for like way too long, probably, <laughs> but I have lost so many jobs that it's just really hard for me to have that conversation. But yeah. So after I was a manager at Sitecore, actually, and I'm actually wearing a, 
a psych or shirt. You can't see it. Yeah. yeah. I was a lead developer after that for like seven years or so. And then I started my company, Hoff's Tech, in 2015. So that is a whole new thing where like I am leading an entire company. And I know like we're really small. It's like three of us. So <laughs> it, it, it sounds, you know, not impressive. But when you think about it, I'm in charge of making the money. I'm in charge of knowing where to go to do that or talking to people at conferences and, you know, all of that stuff. And I am not good at sales. So that is why I have my sister as my partner because she is good at that. Yeah. So now I'm kind of in this leadership position with my sister and husband. It's a very interesting dynamic. Um, it's kind of like work and personal completely separate. Hmm. Like I just, um, you know, made that clear real quick that we will not get anything done if we're, you know, bickering like siblings or whatever, <laughs> like we're still a company and have to be professional and all of that stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's worked out really well, you know, hmm. like I'm, achieved my dream of my company full-time, right? So I mm -hmm. stopped working a, you know, classic job uh, last December. And since January of this year, I have been boss tech all the time. Wow. So congratulations on that. That's, that's an achievement. It's, uh, it's somewhere that I also found myself, so I can certainly relate. And Ethan, also similar journey Dude. for him. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now, uh, one thing I did want to dig into a little bit is what your thoughts are on what a manager is, because I think we say the word manager, but that could mean different things to different people. So I'm curious mm -hmm. to get your take on what what do you think of as as a manager and the primary responsibilities of a manager? Yeah, so Manager and leader are two separate things. For a manager, um, I would say the first step is to really understand how to have hard conversations with people hmm. and that you are not there to be liked, honestly. Um, you can never please everybody you know, is, is what I'm saying. But that's hard. So, I like being liked. <laughs> I, oh my God, I am the biggest people pleaser. That was the biggest hurdle for me. Moving into management was just that, but, but I was their friends. And also I was in a position where I was um, promoted, right? So like people who were my coworkers were now my employees, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, so that was also hard. I think we'll talk about that more later. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a manager is someone um, who is in charge of um, overall productivity, I would say, and um, hiring, firing people um, and budgeting which is also something I didn't enjoy as a manager staying but, within budget, not really on brand for me. But they're <laughs> managing, they're managing the group as a whole, as an entity, as well as managing individuals you're saying. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when you um, promote a like team um, dynamic and foster a um, environment of collaboration and communication and just keeping everything transparent, cross-training over multiple teams, keeping lines of communication open between multiple teams. You're really in charge of ensuring that everybody is communicating effectively, which will also lead to less mis- communication. And when your teams are communicative, 
with each other, then you have achieved leading a self-managing team. And that I think is the ultimate goal overall. Right, right. That, that, that's very, I, I like that you mentioned the aspects of being a manager that don't actually involve the team, <laughs> that you're also responsible for, for productivity and budgeting and sort of reporting up in the structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're responsible for helping develop the people who you're, who you're managing. Um, you mentioned an interesting term. I don't think I've heard it before. The self-managing team. What does that mean to be a, to have a self-managing team? Does that mean they just don't need you at all or they no. don't need you as much? <laughs> yeah, as much. So um, it's an environment where you have people who um, know what to do. Um, if they have any problems, <laughs> they know who to ask. Um, and then on the flip side, the person asked will always help. If they can't help, they will find someone who can. And if they can't find someone who can, they will escalate it. Yeah. So it's um, less uh, management of like tasks overall. And I've seen it work so well. Um, The only thing is it generally works well when teams are all senior, which I am very much against. I'm like, hire juniors. We were all juniors once. If you have a company and you develop software, like you need to hire junior developers to round out your um, talent. Because I've learned so much from junior developers over the years that have just come out of school and just learned like the new thing that I haven't heard about yet, you know? Um, but juniors tend to need more structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first. You're still talking about managing individual contributors at various mm-hmm. levels, but depending on where you are in the organization as a manager, what the makeup of that team looks like can change. So if you're a middle manager, then you move to upper management. Do you see the roles and responsibilities changing? Oh yeah. So middle management is more, um, task oriented upper management you get into the more abstract ideas and strategies overall um and of course everything trickles down so if if upper management has a specific attitude like that'll trickle down so upper management needs to be you know positive and um supportive i'd say but when you're in upper management, you have a lot more, I would say, presentations to um, people all all over the company. You are talking to managers trying to coordinate strategies for products or services. It's it's a whole different layer, I would say. Strategy and that could that compartmentalize the difference between upper and middle management where upper management is more strategic and middle management is more tactical. Exactly. That is exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. So upper management, they go, here's the vision. Here's what we're thinking. Middle management is okay. I'm going to create some tasks. Like you said, task oriented on how to accomplish that vision. And then the, the management, I don't want to call them lower management, but the, the managers who are actually managing teams will take those tasks and turn them into something that can actually get done in right. their sprints or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I would also say that upper management is also just generally more actual leadership instead of management. So leadership is where you are supporting people in order for them to be productive to learn, um, you know, skills and all of that stuff to mentor. Um, and you aren't in charge of, you know, tasks overall. I, I feel like strategy is more leadership because it, um, encompasses more abstract, um, ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. And so leaders, 
um, leading is hard. You know, <laughs> there are so many different types. I'm, I'm the type where I am like pulling people along. Right. So I'm, um, I am supportive and I, I work for my employees, you know, mm-hmm. like the, <laughs> that's my mentality. Um, there are also people that don't do that, that, you know, sit up on high and, <laughs> you know, have instructions and stuff like that and, and aren't supportive. Um, when you have management like that, your company will experience a lot of turnover. I've worked at many companies like that. And every two years, it's, it's a whole new staff. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I've thought about how weird that uh, a company can completely change all of the members of that company. Yeah, and, but it's still the same entity. It's like how our all of our cells get uh, replaced, but we're still us. <laughs> a weird abstract thought for uh, we were just talking about abstraction. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back to something you mentioned about the self-managed team, which mm-hmm. is that they need to have clarity on what's expected of them. So would the manager in in their role be setting those clear expectations and give them direction on where to go for things. Exactly. Yeah. So it takes a lot of, um, you know, training and documentation. Um, I am, I am big on documentation. I I could have been a technical writer, honestly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So when you train people for um, not only tasks, that exists now, but sort of the overall, um, you know, team strategy and how to um, work on things that you don't know a hundred percent because that happens all the time. Like, you know, I I haven't touched JavaScript in forever. If someone handed me a ticket, I'd be like Stack Overflow. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm gonna look up how to write a comment. I don't I don't remember. Yeah. So um, when you train people in multiple areas and especially um, mainly critical thinking, that really helps to um, smooth out times where, you know, tasks change and priorities change and the type of work also changes your clients, you know, like we live in a world of change. So (laughs) managers and leaders especially are really responsible to mitigate that. Right. Right. That, that makes total sense to me. And uh, it's, it's almost like what you're saying with self-managed teams is you have to give them the tools, but then you have to trust the people you hired to actually do the job that you hired them to do. Exactly. (laughs) What a a novel concept. (laughs) And that is why you always hire people that are more skilled than you at something because while you, and so for me, I am technical plus leadership. So I struggled with, people wanting me to still do my old job while also leading. Like that's not, that's not going to work. Okay. It's well, did, just not. Did other people want that? Or did you, did you also maybe want that since you are a bit of a nerd? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I did have a hard time not touching code for like years and I was just like, Oh my God, all of these things have changed and I don't, I don't know how to do them and stuff like that. So yeah, I um, struggled with that. But I think that um, when technical people are put into management positions, um, they really, if if they want to still do some of their old work and have a lighter load as a manager, that's fine. But if you expect somebody to do two jobs at the same time, that is not going to work. And I'm sorry, I just went off on a tangent and I don't think I I answered your original question, which I don't remember at this point. Well, so the question is for for some people who want to go into management or think they do, you know, Ned and I kind of had a, we've had a couple of discussions about management on day two cloud and 
And there's a personality type that thinks they want to go into management, but really they're more effective as an engineer, as an individual yeah. contributor. Uh, oh, so yeah. may maybe the question really is, how, how do you know when you want to be a manager? Well, that is a good question. I, I have experienced a lot of people who never expressed an interest in management, but were somehow promoted anyway. It's like nobody asked them, you know, they were super technical and super, you know, awesome at that. That does not always translate into management and especially not, not into leadership. Um, I guess technical people could actually um, transfer to management, especially devs, because we're extremely organized. You know, I, I, I don't think that you can be a dev without being organized. We have to organize our code. So, um, and for management, that's a good skill. But for leadership, you know, you need um, the the chutzpah, I guess, to make presentations to senior leadership and you know executives and clients and um, travel and all of that stuff. So that is a completely different skill set. Um, it is it is not an easy one for a lot of people to master. And I would say that. The biggest red flag I've seen for devs who were either pushed into leadership or or thought that they wanted that was that they don't like to talk to people. Hmm. <laughs> Whenever you ask them for a meeting, they're just like, no, let's just chat on Slack or Teams or whatever. And I'm like, this is like a you know conversation that we need to have. <laughs> um, yeah. And then also people who are not comfortable going outside their comfort zone, because when you're in management and leadership, you'll probably have to go outside of that comfort zone at some point. Meaning you're going to get called upon to do a task you've never done before, that sort of thing? And have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Do you, so you mentioned a few skills, which is, you know, being able to give presentations mm -hmm. and communicate with others. So I guess like big skill number one, communication. You, you got to sharpen up those communication skills. Yep. How does one go about doing that? Because I feel like I'm fairly effective at communication, but I could probably do better. So what, what advice would you give for someone who wants to develop that specific skill? I mean... Not to plug myself, but I do have a course on this topic. <laughs> and so it's called, um, it's a long one, Fostering Effective Collaboration and Communication. Um, that, you know, teaches people um, the skills to ensure that maybe someday they could have a self-managing team. Um, but some of the things that actually I didn't teach in that course too much were, um, compassion, empathy, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And listening to people and not canceling them after they make one mistake. <laughs> yeah, emotional intelligence sort of topics. Emotional intelligence. Yes. That yeah. was the, <laughs> that was the word that I was going for. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of managers are more um unemotional i would say mm -hmm. and while that's okay in a um emergency that's actually good like to just calmly take care of the servers that are down and the millions of people that are trying to access your website um but when you are managing individuals um we all have lives outside of work not all of us can work every night and every weekend. You have to consider um, people are people. We aren't always consistent. We have good days. We have bad days. We have very bad days. We have meltdowns. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, so just understanding that um, and supporting people. Um, when 
the chips are down, but also supporting people to achieve success, I think are um, really key personality traits. Yeah. I like that you went to the the elements of empathy and compassion, because when I initially asked the question, being the like tech dummy that I am, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's talk about ways to make my writing more effective and <laughs> how to how to be uh, more direct with what I'm saying and how to all the, that's where my mind immediately went was all these sort of technical elements of communication and immediately you're like, no, 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 Ned, you silly boy. What you should be doing (laughs) is listening with compassion and empathy to the people you might be managing. So that's yes. Yeah, I've I've had um, situations where, you know, as a as a first time manager, I didn't have any empathy or compassion to anybody. I was like, these are the tasks you're going to do them on time you know, or else, you know, um, so that is not a good way to be with people. You will not, um, inspire people to perform at their highest potential. Um, if, if you, on the flip side, if you support them and if you champion them and listen to, um, problems and, all of that stuff, then people generally perform much, much better when they're supported. <laughs> it's a novel idea, isn't it? It is. We pause this day two cloud podcast for an important message from one of our sponsors. Cloud is hard. Predicting cloud costs is even harder. What you need is a friend to help out. What you need is Zesty. Zesty uses AI to proactively adapt cloud resources to real-time application needs without human intervention. Now, I know, I I know, AI is a term that gets thrown around a lot. There's a lot of hype and a lot of disillusionment. And that is because vendors try to get AI to do everything instead of the thing that AI is actually good at. And that thing is monitoring and optimizing repetitive and identifiable events. Guess what cloud cost optimization is? A problem of monitoring and optimizing repetitive and identifiable events. Zesty is using real deal AI in the way it was intended. Zesty's technology leverages AI analysis and autonomous actions based on real-time cloud data streams to automatically purchase and sell AWS commitments. Or in much plainer English, Zesty looks at the real-time data from your cloud resources and then makes smart purchasing decisions to save you money. And you don't have to do anything. There's probably some alarm bells going off in your head. You just handed Zesty an unlimited credit card and permission to use it. That's scary. Fortunately, Zesty offers a buyback guarantee for any over-provisioned commitment. You're not going to get stuck with a pile of reserved instances you don't need due to a glitch in the matrix. That's because Zesty makes money when you save money. That's right. Their fee is based on the savings they provided to you. If you're not saving money, Zesty isn't making money. That's what we call, friends, aligned interests. The result is an average savings of 50% on EC2 in a mere two minutes to onboard your account. If you'd like a friend who saves you time and money, go to Zesty.co and book a demo. That's Zesty.co to book a demo and put your cloud cost optimization on autopilot. Now back to the episode. So, Shelley, you mentioned um, the, one of the character traits that's good to have as a manager is uh, being organized. You, as a developer, mm-hmm. is organized that can translate well into management. Yep. Well, that that's a skill I would say people have it, but maybe that skill maps to a personality type. So, if we take a mm-hmm. step back, could you describe the personality type that is a good manager, and maybe conversely, mm-hmm. a personality type that, if you're like this, you're probably not going to be a good manager. Yeah. So. The good manager, um, the most, um, I guess, striking um, visual of this is the person isn't pushing people, they're pulling. 
instead, Mm -hmm. because when you push people, it's um, it can be uncomfortable for everybody, you know, but I'm not clear on the difference between pushing and pulling. Could you give an example? So I would say a, a push would be more like a manager who um, assigns a task and some arbitrary due date, right? That they came up with themselves. But a pull is talking to the person, figuring out how long the task would take, figuring out like a respectable date, um, and then supporting them if they have questions, um, helping them learn um, the, the answers or turning them on to a person who can help, right? So instead of, here's your task, go. It's, here's your task, let's check in, you know, frequently and talk about it. So you're describing a personality that is less about being demanding and more about uh, enabling. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what you're ultimately enabling is that person's um, success at work. And oftentimes that also leads to success in life, you know? So as a, manager, you spend a lot of time with people. The last thing you want to do is be the reason that that person's having a terrible day. <laughs> yeah. no, no, so, okay. So there, there's a broad description of a personality and, and it goes back to our conversation about emotional intelligence. Let's say I'm looking at myself and if I'm honest, maybe I'm, I'm not really that person. Can I develop that skill set or absolutely I, I mean just asking that question of yourself is showing that you know you're interested in improving um a lot of people aren't like that they're just like i'm fine just the way i am but i am like i'm not perfect i don't expect anybody else to be perfect we're all on this journey you know called life and we're all just kind of floating around doing our thing. So yeah, um, long story short, you can absolutely learn skills to um, help out. And I would say, especially with um, compassion and empathy, it's, it's good to um, look at uh, courses or videos that you can relate to the most that represent your daily job overall. Um, They're not easy things to learn, I would say, because our instinct, especially with empathy is that person's lazy, you know, (laughs) they're just not, they're, they're not performing, you know, but If you look at them, especially look at their overall workload, I, there are so many devs that just never say no to anything or throw a red flag. Like I have too much to do. They'll just perform poorly um, on the outside. But if you look at, you know, what they're actually going through how many projects they're working on that are all different and they're in different tech stacks and and they use different versions of different IDEs. Like, you know, I I had a manager who was sympathetic in that way. I I tended to be overloaded because I was one of those people that would, could get it done. And so the people that can get it done tend to get dumped on with more and more projects. That, that was my situation. The solution my manager had for when things weren't getting done quickly enough was we got to check in like once a month and I, I don't want you to do like a daily time card, but once a month, let's have bullet points of the major achievements, the things that you got done so that it doesn't look like you're not getting anything because you're getting a lot done. Projects aren't being completed perhaps, but there are milestones being met. Let's talk about that stuff so that there's a realization of everything that's being achieved. And there's no gut reaction of you're just lazy. It's just, you're overworked and you're dying. You got to market yourself a little bit in a sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
it's that ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, which I know I personally struggle with from time to time because I think a lot of people, like you said, their initial reaction is, well, if I couldn't get it done, I have this laundry list of reasons in my head why I couldn't get a task done. You know, there's something going on at home. My my pet is sick or I've got six other projects that are more demanding. Uh, but if somebody else doesn't get a task done, oh, well, they're just being lazy. They could have gotten that done. And it's yeah. like pumping the brakes and going, wait, if I have all these reasons, they, they might have similar reasons, too. Maybe I should have a conversation with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it all ties into how you treat people as a manager does affect how y- your employees will treat each other as well. Mm-hmm. So if you are, you know, empathetic and compassionate and all of that, then people will learn that that's the way to be with each other. Right. Right. Leading by example. I yes. That was yep. the, the very early manager training that I ever got. Uh, that was one of the first principles was leading by example. Uh, one of the things that I can certainly say is the compassion and empathy for me, at least came with a certain degree of maturity. I don't think I would have been capable of this when I was 22. Uh, now that I'm, you know, on past 42, I feel like I'm much more prone to, to doing those things. Do you think there is like just a certain level of maturity required to be a good manager? And do we mean maturity or experience too? I'll throw that in. Okay. Yeah. Um, maturity for sure. Like I said, the first time I, I was in like a team lead position, oh, it went to my head. Oh my goodness. I was the <laughs> worst. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm this hot, you know, star. I was, I was promoted as a team lead, you know, bow down to me type of thing. So, yeah. And I mean, just chalk that up to, I was like mid twenties. You know, I was um, just just immature. I just hadn't reached that yet. But that is to say some people reach maturity a lot earlier than others. So I've met plenty of people who were excellent managers in their early 20s, you know, and that I I learned from. Um, Yeah. I forgot the other part of the question. Is it maturity or is it also uh, experience that factors in here? Yeah. So experience um, is also important. Of course, at some point we all kind of get um, thrown into management and without any management experience um, per se, if you take some courses or read, I'm trying to think of the name of this book I read. Um, I can't remember. Or um, view articles on um, Harvard Business Review. That helped me a lot. Um, Learn Scrum and Agile and all of that stuff, uh, which is, you know, readily available for free. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's... If you're not experienced um, practically, you can study in order to, you know, hopefully mitigate the struggles that you're going to have at first. Right, right. I, I Sometimes there is no replacement for experience, but I know you can certainly learn all kinds of skills through training. So, that, I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, you got your first sort of tech lead manager role. You thought you were... You were the hot thing. You're like, oh, man, I can do this. I'm awesome. But the people you were just working with on your team, they were your teammates. Now they're your possibly your direct reports. Um, I, 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 I have two questions. How, how did you handle the transition then? And how would you approach that transition now? Oh, yeah, I would approach it completely different. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I didn't handle it well. You know, I was promoted over people in in my mind and um i actually had to compete with somebody for that position who was on my team after i achieved that and her and i um you know had a lot of struggle and i was just struggling overall like i 
had to manage projects. I had to continue to do my old job. And now I had like two more jobs on on top of that. And I didn't really complain except for once. And I was like, you know, I can't do all of this. And my manager's response was, just do it. I was just like, well, okay, then I guess I will. I don't know know what I was thinking. But yeah, um, at one point, though, I realized that I was struggling and that I needed to learn um, how to lead these people. And so I um, read blogs and and books and I um, was turned on to this idea of radical empathy. Hmm. So this is something where you can empathize with anybody, even a person that you just completely hate that you, you know, you and them do not see eye to eye on anything. (laughs) Um, But you can still respect their work and, you know, treat them respectfully in that way. And then also just understand where, where they're coming from. So my biggest success as a manager was me and this girl who did not like each other. We were pitted against each other by management. Um, And at some point I just, I just sat down and talked to her and asked her, you know, her opinion on on things. And I, I looked to her to help me and she appreciated that. And I, I appreciated it. We ended up becoming friends and I helped her get a job last year. (laughs) (laughs) So that is what radical empathy can do for you. I just did not understand or try to understand where she was coming from. And after talking to her and asking her, um, you know, what her struggles are um, at work and in life. Um, yeah. And then at, at one point I was, I was actually told to fire her and I, I wouldn't, I was like, no, I, I think she's great. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's everybody else that doesn't think she's great. And that really stemmed from the fact that she was a strong, outspoken, aggressive woman in tech. That's a whole different <laughs> topic. That's a whole other podcast that we've got right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I have a whole podcast about that. So, yeah. Wow. Um. So, it sounds like initially you did struggle with that with that promotion. Did you eventually demote yourself or step away from the role, or did did you? Did you, was there a graceful way for you to step down if things weren't working out? That is such a good question. I, I did not demote myself. I asked them, um, I said, again, like, I can't do all of this. Their answer was to demote me <laughs> without me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was really sick at that time. I, I had been hospitalized for an entire week for asthma. I I still don't know what that was. <clears throat> so I wasn't I wasn't physically well, and that caused me to really not be mentally well. When this happened, I fell off a cliff. I was just I was depressed, and you know all of that. And then a couple weeks after that, they let me go without a conversation about why I, I was unhappy or what could they do to improve it after I had worked at this place for like four years. So again, don't be that person. Don't cancel somebody because of, you know, one thing or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it, it turned out happy, you know, I, I, hated that job. I don't know why it was still there, but yeah, it just, um, at the time was awful. Yeah. It, it sounds like, uh, that was not a great working environment in general. So no. probably, probably the best. 
<laughs> if someone is has stepped into a, a management role and they're realizing that this is just not for me, how would you advise them to go to their senior managers and say, what would be a good way of saying this isn't working out while still, you know, trying to maintain your, your job there? Or is it better to just look for a job somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really hard question. Like everyone I've ever known that had this problem just found another job. But again, that's cancel culture a little bit, right? Like, you know, if um, you aren't happy, if you're not comfortable telling management that, I think that that's a sign that you should just find another job, you know? Mm. But if you have, management that are um, supportive and understanding, then you could approach that. Like, um, you know, I was more um, productive and I enjoyed working more in a technical role. But again, I've I've never seen anybody do this, honestly. <laughs> Everybody's always just found another job. But I mean... Yeah. That's not to say it it shouldn't be a conversation like it it can be. Yeah, I had that conversation didn't go well. I told that story in a different podcast, but uh yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the context was a little different in that I had been warned to not go after the management job, but they gave it to me anyway since I really <laughs> said I wanted it. Yeah. And uh it's like, "No, you were right. I shouldn't have done that." And they're like, "You <laughs> what? Get out of here, man." No. And it was it didn't go well. Anyway, I think it's interesting that, you know, in DevOps and I guess, I don't know if Agile is part of this, but there's this idea of failing fast and trying something new. And we tend to apply that to software and applications, but we don't tend to apply that to people as much. And maybe it's just important, just as important to apply that to people and their sort of career trajectory. Exactly. Yeah, I am very um passionate about mentoring people because I did not have a mentor until I was 10 years into my um, career. And ever since I had someone to just go to for a little bit of guidance, like, what should I do here? Is this, you know, should I leave this place or someone to call and cry every time I got laid off? <laughs> you know, that was important because nobody um, really understands how it is to be um, in this position where you you hate your job, but at the same time, you don't want to leave your job and you don't want to get fired all at the same time, you know? So, yeah, having um, mentors, plural, please have many um is is very important and you would generally uh suggest mentors that are outside of your current place of employment right? oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah because um people who you know work with you i think the um the stories you tell um aren't abstract there, you know, these people know everybody that you're talking about. You, you need an impartial third party, somebody who doesn't know any of these people that you're talking about and can see the problem in a completely different way. Yeah. All right. Well, I, <laughs> I really like this conversation we've had because it's it's sharpened some things for me when it comes to management and just being uh, maybe even being a mentor a little bit. I think there's definitely some overlap there. Uh, if you had a few key takeaways for our listeners, what would they be? Key takeaways. Um, when you are flung into management and you were a technical person and now you are expected to lead without any kind of support or anything like that. Um, you you will need to take it upon yourself to kind of learn management practices um, because it's it's a completely different skill set from uh, 
technical skills. Um, and I would suggest that you um, talk to people who have also been in the same situation, listen to podcasts, <laughs> stories about that. Um, yeah. And don't expect perfection immediately and do communicate with your team often as, as a new manager, I would say um, you want to be respected, but at the same time, make it known that this is the first time that you've managed people and that you will be <laughs> asking them for feedback often. Oh, yeah. I'm going to lead with that. Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I'll appreciate yeah, all like, the help you can give me. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you have no idea, but just, you know, if I'm struggling, just kind of, Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get your point. I get your point. There, there yeah. is there is something to be said for being honest about where you're coming from and saying, I, yeah. you know, I'm I, I don't I'm not here with all the answers. I'm going to do my very best, and I'm going to lean into some of you that are here to give me feedback so that I and answer questions that I might have, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes you a real person, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, yeah. It might even make but, your employees feel better about sharing when they're uncertain about things instead right. of clamming up and just trying to you know hammer through whatever they're doing. Exactly. But at the same time, and it's such a, a hard, a hard line to walk at the same time, you have to instill respect in them. They can't just, you know, tell you what to do and stuff like that. You are the, you know, head um, and that you also aren't their friend, you know, because <laughs> Mm. When it comes to personal life and work life, you have to make a, a line and like not cross that. And that's that's the part that I I struggled with, especially, you know, moving from a coworker to now I'm these people's manager. I was their friend. How do I do this? You know, it's it's really it's hard. Yeah. Well, if people want to hear more from you or gain some of the skills that you've mentioned, uh, where should they go uh, on the Internet? So, yeah, I'm a plural site author. I have multiple courses on management and leadership. I've got um, moving from technical professional to management, managing technical professionals, launching successful teams and fostering effective team collaboration and communication. I think that all of those together are really me telling these stories that I've just told you and um, teaching people how not to do the things that I did. Um, <laughs> you can find links to all of my courses on my uh, website. Hofstech.com. And in October, I'm launching my own podcast, Tiaras and Tech. Mm, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, Shelly Benhoff, thank you so much for being a guest today on Day Two Cloud. And hey, listeners out there, virtual high fives to you for tuning in. If you have suggestions for future shows, We'd love to hear them. You can hit either of us up on Twitter at Day2CloudShow, or you can fill out the form on my fancy website, NedInTheCloud.com. If you like engineering-oriented shows like this one, visit PacketPushers.net slash subscribe. All of our podcasts, newsletters, and websites are there. It's all nerdy content designed for your professional career development. Until next time, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.